Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. What's happening, Rush Nation? Uh, welcome back to a Strategy Points podcast. Apologies for no waiver wire podcast this week. I had a few sort of family things come up. Um, a little bit of health things, nothing too scary. I'm here, so I'm fine. But it's just a few little things uh, that prevented me from doing a wave wire show this week, and sort of got me a little bit behind. Um, real life challenges, as I would say, have got in the way. So, um, but I'm here. So, um, wanted to grab you all, get you all for uh, a latest strategy points podcast. I hope you're enjoying this series. Um, I think it's different to what most podcasts are out there so i and this is the stuff i love like the the game within the game and getting sharper uh at, at the game at the strategy side of things um you know it's not just always about having the best players it's coming up with the best combinations and taking advantage of situations um so let's talk into some roster construction first of all be saying the same thing, stash those running backs. You know, if you've been listening to me for weeks, I've been banging on about Rico Dowdle. He was a hot wave of wire ad this week. You know, fancy managers are sort of really despondent about um, Tony Pollard and not getting in the end zone when everyone else for Dallas seemed to get one. There is, you know, Jack and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. There is a trend on the horizon that the Cowboys know where they are. They know they're going to be in the playoffs pretty much. And they are resting um Pollard to a certain degree and they're going to continue to rest him for a certain degree so you know Rico Dowdle yes okay one of his touchdowns was in garbage time they were up by 30 points that's not going to happen if you but he did get 
um, some serious plays. You know, early on this game, before it was really out of doubt, although, you know, they were 17, 18 point favorites. So we're always going to win. Um, but you got to play the games. And Dowdle was good. He looked good. He looked explosive. Um, there was a play before he actually uh, scored the touchdown in the fourth quarter where, you know, he got down to the to the one yard line. His knee was down, uh, reaching. But, you know, he broke a couple of tackles. He showed great burst, great acceleration. He looked fresh. And ultimately, they're going to incorporate him in this game. So he's going to have standalone fantasy value with that upside if something was to happen to Tony Pollard or if they completely rest him. So, you know, we've been talking about Dowdle for a week as a premium handcuff, but actually now, if you've been listening and been stashing him, you know, you're in this position now where he has this great upside. Same goes for Ty Chandler this week. He's going to be a great matchup play because he's going to have... <coughs> oh, so sorry, please excuse me. He is going to have that ability to... um you know, cut through and and he's going to have no competition. There's no Cam Akers. There's no um, Alexander Madison this week. So it is going to be purely Ty Chandler. You know, he's going to have a relatively decent week. Um, I'm not saying pres- prescribing him to be a, a top 12 running back because he's not he's not going to be. Um, but, you know, we're, we're talking about him knocking on the door of the top 24, which, you know, for what you're going to get, it, it's great. You know, Denver are one of the worst sort of teams uh be run on this season so you know to get Ty Chandler now and to have him for a week before the bye is is important it's going to be a useful um matchup and it's going to be a useful experience if you spend some fab on him then he was worth spending the fab on um I've currently got him round about RB25 so yeah just knocking on the door of RB24 he's certainly startable this week you can certainly feel good about starting him um this week so, you know, they, there are these players, these situations. There aren't many of them left now, but there are these running backs. If you if they're available out there on the waiver wire, these sort of handcuff uh, players um, out there, then, and I talked about this on the first uh, Fantasy Points podcast a couple of weeks ago, go back and, and listen to that because it, it is there's really important stuff there um, that you should definitely go back and, and listen to because there's... I go through sort of each premium handcuff, the ones I'd want to own and the ones I wouldn't. Um, so yeah, keep an eye on, you know, go back, listen to that, make, make the most of, of that show and go through and listen to the ones I say that are the ones to, to certainly own going forward. So, you know, there's some, there's some really useful information. Um, on the same token, there's also situations now where if you're holding a Damian Pierce, if you're holding a Miles Sanders, you're kind of hoping that they're going to come good. You know, you need to get rid. They, those situations aren't going to get a whole lot better, even if there is an injury. I don't necessarily expect them to uh, usurp into a huge role because they weren't doing it when they had a huge role to begin with. So, uh, you know, those players can come off your roster. So, you know, have a think about what available uh, running backs are, are still out there in your leagues. I doubt Dowdle's owned in most leagues, um, although he was a hot wave wire ad this week. So if he's available, definitely go in there. Definitely look to getting him uh, on your rosters this week. Uh, if you can get, I'm just looking through, you know, Tank Bixby would be the next one. If something was to happen to Travis Etienne, he is someone that would walk into a huge role and they've proven already that they would trust him. So he is someone that you can look to, someone that you can look to add. Um, Zamir White, 
potentially, but I don't really trust the Raiders to run the ball that well, but he could be an interesting one. That Michael Carter, so Michael Carter got released and has gone to the Arizona Cardinals. He's claimed by the Arizona Cardinals. I won't say Michael Carter is someone you should go and grab. What that does do is it does free up Dalvin Cook a bit. All of a sudden, Dalvin Cook, for me, went this week to being someone I'm just absolutely not that interested in. So all of a sudden, if something was to happen to Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook looks like he could be in line for a decent amount of work now because there is no Michael Carter. That room has shrunk quite significantly behind him. All of a sudden, Dalvin Cook looks like someone worth owning in fantasy football. Um, Zeke Elliott now, we're into this range where the, the Patriots aren't going to make the playoffs. Do they really want to crash and burn Ramadre Stevenson in a lost cause or do they want to run the wheels off Zeke? You might start to see a trend there towards Zeke getting some more work. Jordan Mason is someone that should be owned in a lot more leagues than he is. You know, these are players that you should absolutely be on. Tajay Spears, if he's available, is another one. So definitely look to roster um, these running backs. The next thing I would say coming up to your next waiver wire run next week is start planning ahead for those week 13 waivers. So we know we're going to lose some big receivers in week 13. There's a lot of wide receivers um, in week 13 that are going to be on by. Devontae Adams is going to be on by. Justin Jefferson's going to be. Um, you know, eventually he's going to come back. Hopefully he comes back this week and then he's going to go on by. Uh, Stefan Dix is going to be on by. Zay Flowers is going to be on by. DJ Moore is going to be on by. Um, you know, we've got quite a lot of bye week, uh, teams on by in, in week 13. And it absolutely um, makes sense to start thinking about those week 12 acquisitions for week 13. So look at players that might have been dropped that can come in and do a role in the flex. I imagine quite a lot of people dropped Michael Thomas this week off the back of a really poor performance and injury, and he's on by this week. He might be one you might want to grab. Michael Wilson, someone I talk about, he got in the end zone uh, on Sunday. He's someone that could be seeing an increased amount of work in what is now a much better offense with Kyler Murray there. So that's a situation that he might be a player you want to pick up you might want to look at Noah Brown if he's still available in leagues. He's been heavily picked up in the last week and a half. If he's still available, that's another player you want to look at. You want to get ahead of these week 13 buys. So you know they're coming. You know you're going to have these players. So in week 12, use that time to acquire the players that you want to play in week 13. So get ahead of it uh, if you can. It's all about just being clever roster management and making sure you don't have to spend as much fab as you need to on those key acquisitions. The same might go for streaming. So you might want to stream a defense in week 13. Maybe you roster one for next week and buy it now for a $0 ad uh, and have a think about who might be good there. And I'll talk about some additional waiver wire um, uh, pickups potentially for for that week uh, on next week's show. It's just about now having a fluid roster. You want to make sure that you're utilizing your bench spots. Your bench spots are incredibly important now to make sure you've got players who are always going to be capable to step up and play, uh, but also having that high upside return, but then also having that strategic point of saving you some fab money or claims and getting the best players now who people might not be looking for for week 13. So just having your roster sort of one week ahead of time, if you're in this pushing towards the playoffs mode, then that's the mode that you kind of need to take. That's the position you need to take. You need to start thinking ahead. So you need to start looking at 
getting ahead and playing one week ahead of your opponents. And if you can play one week ahead of your opponents, you'll be one week ahead of them, which means when it gets to game week, you'll have the best players in your roster. You'll have the best matchups. You'll have everything there. If you want to ask me specific questions about players you should pick up in your league, you can contact me um, at Murph underscore NFL on the X machine, Twitter machine, whatever it's called, or you can join our Patreon, join our chat. I answer questions in there multiple times a day. Um, you can join that for literally just a pound a month. So subscribe for a couple of months, see how you like it for the rest of the season, help win a championship. doesn't cost you a lot of money and hopefully you like the community and stick around in the off season. That's pretty much it for roster construction. The one other strategy point, this is something that people don't really talk about all that often is fab management. So, Look, you can't take fab with you. At the end of the season, it's it's either spent or it's not spent. So you want to look at where you are sitting with fab. If you're in a fab league, if you're not in a fab league, this next sort of two or three minutes is not that relevant to you. If you are in a fab league, um, and fab stands for a free agent acquisition budget, um, and it's an alternative to just uh, worst team gets the best waiver claims. So ultimately, it means that any player is available to anybody for, depending on how much fab is spent. And so depending on where you are with your fab, it's now becomes a really interesting strategy. Um, if you're in a league where you haven't used all that much fab, that's absolutely fine. I've got a couple of leagues where I've not had any injuries or that many injuries. I've not had to really, I, I put bids in for A-Chan and, or A-Chain or A-Chan, I think, yeah, it's A-Chan and um, a few other players and and people dumped a lot of fab on those players. And, and as a result, I didn't get them, and that's fine. But mostly, my squad is relatively intact from where it was at the start of the season. Yours might be too. So I have leagues where I have quite a fit, quite a fair bit of fab. And so what I do, and this came up in a, a dynasty league I'm in, um, I had a fair bit of fab, got a pretty deep roster, haven't really used all that much of it, was I put in a bid for Ty Chandler of, I think it was 19 dollars and ultimately i'm putting out a price that's what i don't really need ty charlie he's not someone that, that for me is short term he might go on and win the job for the rest of the season and that's great it's huge upside but ultimately the strategy for me was to put a bid saying well i think he's worth 20 that's my value is where i think people should be paying so i'll go one dollar under the value even though i don't need him because what's going to happen is one of two things. Either I get a player slightly undervalued, or it's really slightly undervalued, it's a dollar. Or alternatively, people are going to have to pay the asking price. And then I advertise, this is exactly what I've done. And it means that going forward, I might have to or might not have to put in waiver claims. But people will always have to be aware of the fact I'm going to make people make pay market rate for players. And it's a really important point from this point on. Ty Chandler is not going to hurt me on my bench. So I don't plan to start him. I might start him at the last minute. Who knows? But ultimately, at this point in time, he's more than likely going to be on my bench. And he's not going to hurt me being on my bench. He might go off and have the greatest game ever. But that's fine. He's on my bench. He's not in my opponent's lineup. And that's what's key, is ultimately free agent acquisition bids are there to make sure that you acquire talent and also make sure that your opponents don't get said talent. And you have to make sure that market rates are getting paid. Because ultimately, if someone gets Ty Chandler for $3, $4, that's just not good. That's not a good way to 
they, they get a steal. They effectively get a player who they can slot in their lineup and they save on fab, which means they don't have to worry about that. So that's what's key is if you're making people spend the market rate on, on a player, that's fine. They can spend that market rate on the player and they get that player and they've paid a fair cost, but you've hit their acquisition budget. So they're going to have less money getting into the playoffs. And for you, you're going, okay, but you're spending fab on players you might not need. Yes, I am. But it's a short-term cost. I've got more fab than I plan to spend. I, there is, Unless there's a major injury in the last couple of weeks. But what if there isn't? I play the odds now. We're 11 weeks in and I haven't spent that much. And there have been some big injuries. The likelihood of a player coming on board now isn't already on my roster that is going to significantly have an impact on my team is quite is a lot smaller than it was earlier on in the season because there's fewer weeks left and there's fewer players available because of all the injuries that have happened. Therefore, if you're sitting there with $100, $90, $80 fab, or if you play 200 and you've got well over 100, you know, you, you can start playing this game where you're blocking. You're, you're going to make people pay fair rate. Once you do that once or twice in a league chat and people see that and you advertise, hey, I put this bid out there not because I want the player, but because I'm going to make you pay fair rate. People are going to have to start paying fair rate. People are going to have to spend more budget. And by advertising that this is what you're doing, people will, in the next waiver run, put in more fab because they know you've got a lot of fab. They know that you're going to put in market market rate claims on players that are going to have an impact. You can't do it on all the players. So you have to pick the high-impact players. Ty Chandler was the high-impact player this week. Next week, it could be someone completely different. I've told you how you can get ahead of this by picking some of these players up for free. So they don't even an option for players to pick up. But let's say for fantasy managers to pick up. But however, even if there is that option to pick up, do the market rate-based thing once or twice people's acquisition budget uh, uh, bids go up and people spend their fab, whether you've bid or not. Now, obviously, people can see afterwards if you've not bid. So you can kind of do it once, not do it the next week. You might get people to go along and think, okay, he's going to put in a bid. Oh, he's not putting in a bid. And then the following week, put in a bid. You know, it, and a lot of this is fluid depending on who's who's out there, etc. But it keeps the league honest and it makes people sit up on notice and go, okay, more importantly, and you could actually find that you might get a co-sponsor on this, i.e. someone else in your league has a lot of fab and has gone, that's a really good idea, and actually says, okay, so the following week, I'm going to put a fair market rate bid out there. And if someone overbids, that's fine. They can overbid, and they get the player. Um, I think it's a really strong strategy to get people to spend fab in, in leagues and ultimately to stop players that can have league winning weeks appear on rosters against you so it works twofold that way um that's really key and i think that's a strategy you need to implement going forward so take that on board if you have any further questions on that then do let me know if you're weak on fab so if you don't have that much fab left you're just going to have to add players for free um off waiver wise and do everything that you can that's going to be really key uh, so make sure you do that. So just stay ahead. Use the free agency period. Keep rotating your roster. Keep strengthening after waivers have cleared. Look at when your waivers clear and get online maybe the minute after that and pick up whoever wasn't picked up. If there were some players you were 
uh, eyeing up. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Um, Over the next couple of weeks, don't pay for defenses. Don't pay for kickers. If you need to um, stream them, then stream them. But don't pay for them. All right, you might not get the first choice, but you might get the second or third choice. So that's a really key uh, strategy just to make that fab stretch as much as possible. So you don't have much fab, you know, play the waiver wire, play the free agency period as as well as you can. Um, But yeah, if you've got loads of fab, start spending it and start spending it by setting a signal out that players aren't going to go cheap anymore in this league, that aren't going to make people pay market rate. Um, even if you make a below market rate bid, so say you have like $70 and you put a $10 bid on Ty Chandler, he's worth 20. So, okay, let's say even 10 and someone gets in for 12 bucks. Okay, fine. But you've still made someone bid that. I.e., if someone had bid three or $4 expected to get him and you've bid 10 and you've won him, you've got to play on a steal. Um, and you could end up trading that player, right? You could trade that player and get your, your 15, you get a profit back. You can say, well, look, he's worth 20. I'll send you for 15. And that's how you can gain free, free agency budget. That way, you could end up trading the player for cash if your trade deadline isn't closed. Um, another thing on trade deadlines, I've had a lot of questions this week come to me about how to make my squads better. It's simply look down at what you've got. Have a look down at what you need. Look at the, the teams that match up. So if you need wide receivers um, and you've got running backs galore, then have a look at that and go ahead and go, right, I need to find the teams that have that uh, strength and follow off with me and make sure that we're following that. So if I'm, you know, weak at wide receiver and I'm strong at running back, I find someone who's weak at running back and strong at wide receiver. There are too many teams or too many people that try and win trades and it really annoys me. So, you know, I, I tried to make a trade in, the, in a league um, just the other week, or in fact this week, where someone refused to sell me, uh, trade me Joe Burrow uh, for Gus Edwards. The guy's got no running backs. He's like, that doesn't seem like a fair trade. I'm like, well, you've got Jalen Hurts, he's come off a bye, you're not going to play Joe Burrow for the rest of the season, he's going to sit on your bench. I'm giving you a top 24 running back, who's the top four in PPR in the last four weeks. Uh, you know, you're gaining your, you've got a quarterback you're not going to use on your bench. And I even offered, I threw in Gino as backup. So it was like, okay, well, look, if you're worried about having a backup, I'll, I'll flog your Gino back. You can have Gino with, with, with that wouldn't bite. And that's fine. But Burrow is worth nothing sitting on your bench. 
he's, he's not worth anything. And he's like, well, Burrow's worth a lot more. Well, he's not. It's the QB20. He's not worth that much. You know, ultimately, Edwards is worth more than Burrow in a one QB league. Whether you like that or not, that is that is the state of play. Draft capital at this point means absolutely nothing. You might have drafted Burrow in the fourth round. I might have picked up Gus Edwards in the last round. That's irrelevant. Performance-wise, Edwards is a starter. Burrow is not a starter. Edwards makes your team better. Burrow sitting on your bench acquiring points does not. So ultimately, it's getting people to change their mindset. You can't do that. And ultimately, if people don't do that, you can't trade with them. But don't fall into the trap of thinking that you offered a junk deal when you haven't. Because you haven't offered a junk deal if that's the type of deal you were trying to do. Um, a lot of people stashed Kyler Murray and are now trading him for for assets. And it's great. I've seen it in the Patreon chat. Someone flipped, uh, Wardy flipped um, Murray, who was his third quarterback in a one QB league. Doesn't need him. He's got a better backup than, than Murray. Murray's just sitting there as a piece of, you know, he's collecting dust effectively on the shelf. And he's flipped him for Jerome Ford and DJ Moore. People might sit there and think, well, you could have got, we should have got way more. Ford and and uh, more make his team a lot better than his third quarterback who's sitting there doing nothing. So ultimately, I, it's a great trade for me. It's made his team better. I think Ford picks up a load of carries. He's an RB2. Okay, he's an RB2. That's still an RB2 you can plug and play. That is a starter in your lineup or in your flex that you didn't have. And then you've got DJ Moore. Similar, wide receiver two, wide receiver three. Yeah, okay. He's not a blockbuster player, but he's usable. He's flexible every single week except for his bye week. So I love it. I love that sort of trade. That's the line of thinking. You need to get draft capital out of your brain. Where they were drafted is irrelevant. It dies the minute the draft ends. Doesn't matter. People go, oh, he was a first rounder. I don't care. If he's not performing like a first rounder, that is irrelevant. If Christian McCaffrey hadn't scored any touchdowns this season, he would not be worth a first round pick. It's just the way it is. You have to take people for what they have done as it stands right now. As it stands right now. So ultimately, if, like for me, Gus Edwards and Geno Smith for Joe Burrow is a good trade. The guy needs a running back. I need a better quarterback than Gino. In fact, you could argue that Joe Burrow and Gino are about a push. But I buying on the upside of Joe Burrow. He gets a starting running back on his team. Yes, it's an RB2. Yes, he's getting a little bit less work. Yes, it's a little bit less sexy. Ultimately, he's bought into the draft company. He's not made that trade. That's fine. But if Joe Burrow, like he's not going to play Joe Burrow. So he's not got any asset. He gets a running back injury. He's got no running backs. <laughs> Literally doesn't know where to start one. He'll be starting someone off, off, off free agency who will not be as good as Gus Edwards. So that's what I mean. Flip those additional assets who are not going to play. Get the draft value out, like out of your head and trade players and make sensible trades. And explain to people if they're declining deals that look weird, just explain the mantra of, look, it's about what they're doing today. Joe Burrow, not doing that well. Ultimately, he might go on and be the Joe Burrow of old, but he might not. <laughs> he might not. And we've seen more this season than that, even with injury and whatever. He's not been great. He wasn't great last week. You know, they're playing tonight. It's another week gone. So that's week 11 gone. 
five, you know, five, six games left. There's not that many games left for him to turn it around if things don't happen tonight against the Ravens. And that's my point is, you know, people need to realize that actually when you put trades down, you shouldn't have to explain the trade. But, you know, most people tend to have in their head of the draft capital. Well, he was drafted in the second round. You know, Garrett Wilson was drafted in the second or third round. Who cares? He's got absolute junk throwing him the ball. It's irrelevant. He's not a second or third round pick now. It's fine if you want to acquire him in a PPR league because of volume. That makes sense. But he's not worth a a player that in that range and that's where people value it and that's where people make mistakes is they sit there and value players and it means they won't trade them so if you've got garrett wilson and you can flip him for something far more useful absolutely flip him if you've got players on your bench that have been sitting on your bench all season you've not played them and you can get usable pieces for them trade them it doesn't matter what the value is as long as you improve your team. So if you flip Kyler Murray for Jerome Ford and DJ Moore, that's a good deal because you've got a player who's going to literally earn you zero points for the rest of the season because he's going to sit on your bench and you've got two players that are going to contribute 30 points a week, potentially to your lineup. Or you've got added debt for insurance. Either way, it's a better way to be. Um, Just going on to... I normally do the strength, the strength of schedule stuff. It doesn't change too much um, week to week. I know people are a bit the, the disappointed in Lamar Jackson over the last couple of weeks. Um, schedule gets better, as does um, Brock Purdy's. And then we've got the situation in Cleveland where we've got DTR now playing. You know, I think it's just Jerome Ford season again. I think they're going to run the ball a lot. I think it's going to be a good time for him. Um, I expect Jordan Love to rebound as well. He's got a decent schedule coming up uh, over the next uh, sort of four or five weeks or so. Um, running back schedules, you know, I think regardless of where you are, there's some people that are really worried about uh, Seattle's uh, running back schedule, and they, they, they should be to a degree, and it will mean that Zach Sharp and they will get more work. But ultimately, Kenneth Walker is still going to be a top 12 player just simply on volume and talent and there's just not that many running backs left so even if he has got a tough schedule you shouldn't be too worried about that at the running back position i'd be more worried about the guys who are sort of that middling talent like brian robinson jr who's uh, got the fifth hardest schedule um or tuba hubbard who's got the worst schedule you know or chicago have got the second worst schedule those are the guys i'm more worried about um, over the next five weeks because they're not as talent-rich, so they might use a committee to do that. But where you've got a talent-rich player, the schedule shouldn't matter all that much because ultimately, yes, it's going to cap their upside. It's going to stop them from being a top five, top six fantasy player, but they're still going to be startable. They're not going to fall out of the top 24. So if you've got Kenneth Walker, yes, you're going to lose touches to Shaq Charbonnet. Yes, he's not going to be as prolific as potentially he could and should be with the schedule and maybe utilizing Zach Charbonnet more because Zach Charbonnet is looking explosive. He's looking fresh. He's looking healthy. And they will tend to run that two running back scheme. But Kenneth Walker is still going to be a top 15, 16 back, regardless because of the talent in breakaway runs. We saw what he did on Sunday, breaking away a 60-plus yard receiving touchdown. You know, those plays are going to happen when you've got a player as talented as that. And, and that's why, you know, to a degree, the upper echelon of players doesn't overly matter where they are against the schedule. Yes, it's going to cap them from having those huge weeks, 
but it's not going to cap them from being um, completely unplayable in fantasy football. Um, yeah, the same goes for wide receivers. It's going to be a good time for Debay Samuel. Uh, he's got the easiest schedule and, and Brandon Ayuk uh, for the next five games. Uh, Michael Pittman as well. We should see an uptick in him. And then Green Bay receivers, we should see an uptick in Jaden Reed and, and Romeo Dubs in particular. Uh, and Demario Douglas should have a nice schedule. And CD Lamb's going to absolutely eat over the next uh, five games. Uh, maybe watch out for someone like Drake London, this flipping quarterback um, going. It looks like it could be Ridder now. That could be an interesting one. I'm not worried about Miami in their situation. I'm not too worried about the Buccaneers and their situation just because they've got those elite receivers. And nor am I worried about Keenan Allen, nor am I worried about Stefan Diggs or Detroit, who've got difficult schedules over the next few weeks. I'm more concerned looking at Jacksonville. They might This might curb Calvin Ridley. If you can flip him, now might be a really good time uh, to try and get something usable for him. But his value is is way, way down. Um, if you're looking at streaming defenses over the next few weeks, I know the Saints are on a buy, but they're a really good defense to pick up. And you can probably pick them up for free and stash them for the following weeks after this. Uh, Miami have the best schedule, so they'd be looking to pick them up. Um, also, Washington. And Washington have a great matchup this week, so definitely exploit that one. Um I would say just the Giants do, but I'd be a little careful of that with their quarterback play at the moment. Detroit also have a good schedule coming up. These should be all mostly readily available um, defenses that you can go ahead, pick up, and, and stream. Let's look into some matchup stuff uh, for wide receivers. So some wide receivers I'd pick out this week that should have some good matchups. Uh, Terry McLaurin has a really positive matchup against uh, Adoree Jackson. Uh, same can be said for Curtis Samuel against uh, Cordell Flott. Um, they're ones I'd really exploit. If you're looking for a really deep flex play, I really like uh, Jalen Guyton against Carrington Valentine. Um, he's someone I'd be looking to uh, take advantage of. There's also a huge mismatch between Quinton Johnston and Corey Ballantine. Um, Ballantine's given up one of the highest fantasy points per route run against him. So maybe this could be a Quentin Johnston week. But I I must admit, I watched him last week. I didn't really like the way that he was running routes. He looked a bit lazy. He looked a bit uh, ploddy. He looked a little bit sort of off the pace. Wasn't really running routes brilliantly. It was just down to great quarterback play from Herbert that he was really uh, found in this game at all. So there's a slight concern there with me with, with Johnston. Whereas I looked at uh, Guyton, who ran really crisp routes, who really looked uh, the real deal. Um, uh, Brandon Ayuk against uh, Jamal Dean. That looks like a heavy, heavy mismatch there that can be exploited. Um, absolutely. So I'd, I'd look to, I'd look to definitely be picking that one up as well. Um, Depot Samuel against Carlton Davis, uh, the same. That definitely looks like a matchup that can uh, yield a few fantasy points there. So uh, expect that one to, to go your way. And then uh, I mentioned Romeo Dubs. He's got a pretty decent matchup um, against Asante Samuel, who's, you know, he's a really good cornerback, but, you know, he's one that you can definitely put up points against. So I, I like that matchup uh, as well. There's um, another one that you could potentially exploit this week. Um, one really sneaky play, and this is a sneaky, sneaky play, is Josh Reynolds. So Josh Reynolds against Tyreek Stevenson. That could be an opportunity for... Uh, Josh Reynolds to um, get out of his slump, but 
you know, I wouldn't bank on it, but if you're looking for you're in a super deep league and Josh Reynolds has been dumped due to this ongoing slump in recent weeks, uh, Josh Reynolds might be a super deep play this week, just based on that matchup. Devonta Smith might come to life excuse me, this week against uh, Jalen Watson as well. So that might be another good one to take advantage of um, as well. Looking at the worst matchups on the board, um, T. Higgins is is out, so he's likely to be replaced by um, Trent Irwin. He's got Marlon Humphrey this week, so don't expect this big week out of Trent Irwin that you got last week. Um, that's just not going to happen. Jamar Chase will always back as talent, uh, but he has got Brandon Stevens, so that upside could be capped. And we don't know if he's fully recovered from that injury that made him a late time decision, a game time decision in Week Ten. Uh, Khalil Shakir against Michael Carter of the Jets—that's a terrible matchup. Stefan Diggs, but against DJ Reed again, it's not one I would I would worry about with Diggs. But I am worried about Gabe Davis on Source Gardner. That's one that would concern me to maybe consider dropping Gabe Davis this week to the bench. Um, I'm also looking at um, a few other players here. Um, say Flowers against DJ Turner is going to be a tough matchup. Uh, Marquise Hollywood-Brown against Steven Nelson is going to be a tricky matchup. Um, so there's a couple here that definitely need to keep an eye on. Um, Devontae Adams against Jalen Ramsey, that could be another one that we could see, especially with the quarterback play there. Normally I would sit there and prevail that Adams would prevail, but he needs to get the throws. And that could be one that could be a little bit tricky. So that's another one just to keep an eye on on some matchups. So do keep an eye on those um, those matchups and, and have a look at those in, in more detail. Um, I think that's going to do it for the Strategy, Pod, uh, Strategy Points podcast. A uh, lot of stuff to digest and think about. I will be back tonight with the flagship show with Stocks. So do join us uh, on Facebook uh, or on the YouTube for questions if you want to ask questions about any of this stuff in more detail then please go ahead and do that uh, alternatively you know if you want to pick this up um with me offline you absolutely can not going to answer absolutely every single question uh, but you can uh, join the patreon and i will absolutely answer every single question starts from a pound a month it doesn't cost much patreon.com forward slash five yard rush that's going to do it for the strategy points podcast thank you so much for tuning in i hope you found this valuable i will drop the podcast audio first and then i will drop the video uh later on so enjoy it but until then rush nation don't forget as always keep rushing Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 